Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from his palatial four-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Luis Padillo. Luis, how are you? I'm going to fact check you right now. There's three bedrooms in this apartment. Oh. Fact checking is cool again. Oh. Represent oh. truthiness. Well, then joining me from his slightly less palatial three-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Luis Padillo. Luis, how are you? I'm doing okay. Oh, cool. Good to hear. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, uh, Luis, uh, as you are aware, uh, because I told you, Uh I was out of town last week. I was traveling, but that did not stop me from playing a lot of video games. Hey, that's what I like when I travel as well. I'm glad you're on board. You know, you get long plane flights, and there's only so much reading and stuff, and I don't like paying for the in-flight wireless or anything, so I'm good to play some games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a book guy myself. Uh, like, if, 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 if you could all see my palatial one-bedroom... If only! If only you could see a, a, a multitude of graphic novels and, like, boring, boring math books that I don't think are boring, quite frankly. That's cool. I'm, I'm with numbers. I like numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, me too. Uh, but hey, yeah, one, I, I got a, I got some travel plans coming up with them next week. So, uh, tell me, what did you play, Bill, while you were out and about? Well, I played two different games. I'll mm-hmm. go with the little one first. I played Reigns, and that's Reigns, like as in uh, WWE superstar Roman Reigns, and that's a mobile mm-hmm. game. But you can also play it on Steam, and it's, I guess, what you would call a kingdom building simulator. If you were to use the mechanics of Twitter, not Twitter, of Tinder as your uh, decision-making tree. You've got my attention. Uh, So at any time, there are four bars on top of the screen, and they're like church, people, military, and food. And you have to keep all the bars either from filling up Mm -hmm. or from hitting zero. Okay, so you can't have too much or too little on any of these bars? Right. All right. And then you get, a, like, a deck of cards, and every time a new card pops up, it'll be like, My king, there are barbarians attacking from the west. And you can either swipe right, and it'll be like, Let's send the army after them. Or swipe left, and like, nah. And, <laughs> and then it'll, it'll affect each of the four bars, uh, sometimes less than four, but it'll have an impact on them all in some ways, usually. And... There will be normal, more orthodox stuff like that. Or sometimes there will be weird things like the guard will challenge you to a duel and you have to try and duel him using the deck of cards. Or there was one case where a dog started speaking to me in tongues. Oh, cool. As, as a dog would do. Naturally, naturally. And in all of these cases, there's, like, there's some wacky, weirder stuff going on. There's like a, a, a subplot going on where every time you start over... You're like the spirit of the person behind you, kind of like Rogue Legacy was. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I like me some Rogue Legacy. Me too. Me too. It's uh, like that they kind of borrowed that storyline mechanic was pretty interesting to me. You, uh, I don't know. All right. That's so, no, cool. Let, let me follow up with some questions here because, like, if, if you describe it as a, a Tinder fantasy, like, role-playing game that immediately... Uh, that immediately grabs my attention because I think that's silly. Well... And, like, silly in a good way, though. Yeah, it was silly in a good way. And the 
the two drawbacks I saw from the game were, in terms of the gameplay, it made sense to me that when the muters ran out, you lost. But then also that when the meters fill up, you lose. Mm. Where like, uh, for example, if with the opposite the, of what I'm used to, right? Yeah, with the religion one, if you fill that bar to the max, then it's like, oh, the the your church thinks that you're like an, an the son or the disciple of our Lord. We're going to crucify you. It's oh, like, cool. what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're too good at this religion thing, right? Or if you fill up the military bar, then they they commit a coup on you, and that you lose oh. that way too. Hmm. So it it didn't feel fully intuitive that you could be too good at the game to uh, make that work. Uh, that, that's how it felt. That's maybe not necessarily how it actually is, but regardless, that was a feel bad for me. And then the actual act of swiping left and swiping right. Now, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. Elise. I don't know about our listeners, but I use Tinder. Hey, you know what? I use Tinder too, though. Cool. I, I've, right. I've, I've used Tinder before. I should I should uh, clarify. Uh, and man, like I, I, my, my experience with Tinder is, uh, I've never had a good date, but I've always had great stories out of it. (laughs) I've I've had a a few dates out of it. Nothing too ridiculous. Mostly just kind of boring first dates that didn't work out. Oh man. I wish I had boring. I remember (laughs) like the first Tinder date I ever got into, like, like there were like, there was an argument at the bar we met at. Between you and... It'd be between me and the date, the date the swipe righty. The swipe righty, okay. Yeah. As, uh, as we <laughs> want to call those people. Yeah, you know, that, that's what Sender calls them. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I, I, I met a crazy person that night. Oh, well, yeah. that, that's unfortunate. Uh, how many crazy people do you meet in Marines? Not too many. I, I was going to pick on the fact that the actual mechanic of... Swiping left and right mm-hmm. wasn't as crisp as it is in Tinder. Oh, okay. Which maybe isn't a fair comparison because we're talking about dating apps versus video games, but I'm going to make it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then also the swipe right and swipe left didn't always correlate in my head the way they would with Tinder, which again also might yeah, not be fair. There, there's a, yeah, with Tinder, it's like... And, and actually, I really like talking about how Tinder gamifies dating like the way they present it, like a deck of cards, and you know there there's like there is a feedback system that encourages you to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Like they, they even call it playing, like like keep swiping to play or whatever. Uh, the terminology they use like really encourages people to keep on, you know, like seeking this, putting this input and getting this output out of it. Uh, and also, I think that. It has a certain UI design that does feel gaming. Like, when you do get a successful match, there's a little pop-up, and it's like, hey, congratulations! And, like, I'm sure that's, like, firing all sorts of neural receptors in your brain that, like, signify success or whatever. Uh, So, like, I'm I'm wondering how much Reigns does that. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, because there's nothing like that match that happens. It just leads to another card. Mm-hmm. And then also because the the outcome isn't always intuitive based on the dilemma brought to you, you have to like kind of preview by swiping a little right to see what the right will be and what the left will be, mm-hmm. and then you see how the bars are affected, and just it's not as snappy. Uh, I would snap my fingers here if I could. It's not as snappy, and it's not as crisp of an experience as Tinder. Which what are you talking about? Of course, you could snap your fingers. Wow, I didn't even know I could do that, but I just did it. 
Hot dog. <laughs> um, oh, actually, that reminds me of a, of a game that I played recently. Uh, I don't know if you heard it called the uh, Westport Independence. The Westport Independence. Yeah, I have not heard of that. Uh, this and this isn't on the list, but I hope you don't mind me talking about it for a little bit too. Go for it. Uh, it's, it's top, speaking of games with uh, systems that don't feel good <laughs> as far as feedback goes, uh, the Westport Independent it takes place in like it, it's a super stylish game, like game about journalism and censorship, where you're the editor in chief of a kind of. 1940s style newspaper uh, set in like a fictionalized version of America where you know there's a uh, the, there's several forces at play uh, in the world you're in uh, like kind of a, a totalitarian leaning government and a like socialist leaning like uprising happening and um, or an ideology and there, there are several people at your newspaper who have who land differently on the the spectrum of this of this of these ideologies, uh, and your job, like, and you have a week by week paper to publish. Uh, the system works as like it'll present like several headlines, like oh, like like it'll give you like eight headlines to choose from. Uh, you can only pr- publish four of them. And only one of them can be your front page. Uh, and depending on what you publish, you'll either uh, kind of piss off the the entities in the world, like the rebellion or the government. And if you piss off either of them too much, they'll like shut down your newspaper. Oh. Like wh- whether it's like with like Gestapo style, like we're shutting you down because like you're. Because we don't like what you're saying, and we recently passed a law saying that we, we get to shut you down if we don't like what you're saying. Or if you're too much on the government side, like, the rebellion will like, hey, uh, check out this Molotov ca- cocktail. Oops, it's in your window now. <laughs> uh, and, and also, while you're publishing stories, uh, you have to assign writers to those stories. And if the writers don't if they're not particularly happy with the stories they're writing, they'll uh, they'll they'll just quit. Or, or again, like and again, there's like a lot of systems at work because it's it's a, it's it's a, it's not like you're you're controlling an avatar. It's very much like you're at your desk and you just kind of swipe for what stories you want in and then like lay them out and publish them and then you 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 see the aftermath and. I was turned on to this game because, Bill, as you know, I, I, I studied journalism in college and had some light experience working in the field. Uh, so I figured this might be for me. It turns out it's it's it's, it's, a, it's kind of a bad game. It's a bad game. It's kind of... Well, I, don't, I don't know. I played it once and like that, that one time I played it. And it seems like there's multiple endings. Like you can maybe... There's like 17 maybe possible endings. Uh, I got one and then didn't care for finding out <laughs> the other 16. Hmm. Uh, it, huh. But I gotta say, it's really stylish. And I actually went on YouTube and found the music, like the OST uh, soundtracks for it, and like saved it to a playlist that's like, this is what I'm gonna write to now. 
This makes me feel like a 1940s journalist. I mean, the whole story behind this game sounds really interesting to me about like trying to talk about integrity and telling the truth in terms of the external forces that work against you in the world uh, from both the right and the left, really. Yeah, there there really is a life, like a right-left dichotomy happening there, and also you there there's a censorship mechanic in the game in which like the writer you assign to the story like you're give, like you're you're once you have your headline you're given a set of facts with it like uh like lo- like local celebrity supports government and blah 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 and then there's like a set of three facts to tell a story so in this sense it's telling this story about a wider world and that's what's really interesting about this game uh like like John St. Clair like star of latest movie blah 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 that's like a one bullet point another bullet point says he says he supports his government and then the like the last bullet point would be like and then bodyguards escorted him out like like shady looking motherfuckers like whispered in his ear and like handed him a big sack with a money sign on it and if you like include that in there and change your headline you can make him look real bad or if you exclude that last bullet point and make the headline seem like he's 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 all for this government, uh, you know the government will be real happy with you. But like the uprising will be like, hey, not cool, dog. Mm. We, 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 we're watching. We're watching. Well, it's too bad that's not a better game. Like, what about it uh, wasn't working for you? It's 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 not knowing. I think it was having too many systems interacting. Uh, if you can imagine the visual style of um, of a game like Papers, Please, I don't know if you remember that game. It, I remember Papers, Please. It, it, it looks a lot like Papers, Please, uh, except a bit more sepia tone. Um, and again, that's a compliment to the game. It's a good-looking game. What I didn't like about the game was, uh, like, I didn't know how my effect- actions were affecting this world, uh, and and maybe that that's part of the design. Uh, but I found it a little frustrating, like, trying to, like, make, like, there was a point when I was playing the game where I I was trying to keep all my writers happy, but still kind of go after these governments, uh, or go after the government. Like, I was thinking, ah, oh, I'm going to be the, the newspaper guy, I'm going to tear, I'm going to tear this whole government thing, I'm going to tear the roof off of it, that's a phrase, right? Yeah. We'll blow this thing wide open. Yeah. Uh, and... That meant having to keep my writers happy. Like, and if they wrote a story that they weren't happy with, I would give them other stories that they would be cool with. See, with Papers, Please, they did a very good job of onboarding you very slowly into mm-hmm. the deeper world of that game. Because, I mean, obviously from the start, it's it's meant to look like 1980s Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And you're given just a simple job. Look at these passports, whether they're valid or not, and then accept them or don't accept them in the country. But then over time, over the, the passage of days, which are basically levels in Papers, Please, they introduce more of the story where there's like yeah. people trying to sneak into the country, sneak out. There's a rebellion going on. There are powers at be that may or may not have your best interests at heart. There's a lot going on here, but it all starts out from a very simple premise. Mm-hmm. Look at the passport, say if it's good or not. So maybe, I mean, I haven't played the game, so I'm, it sounds like they're not doing as good a job of building up the complexity of the world for oh, you. What I, yeah, what I and what I have to compliment Papers Please on 
is uh, it, it does a way better job of letting you figure out the like the that the story of that world and the characters that inhabit that world. Uh, like I, one of my favorite characters in that game is like this old guy who is like always tries to show up. Like, like, every day he's, like, like the first or second or third person. And, like, he he doesn't have a passport. It was, like, he just shows up, like, oh, I'd like to show up, please. <laughs> and he's, like, where's your passport? I don't have it. Get out of here. Okay, see you later. And then the next day he'll, like, show up with, like, a piece of paper. And it's, like, a crudely drawn passport. I'm, like, yeah, I, I love Ostrovia. Like, this isn't a passport, sir. Ah, oh, you got me. <laughs> see you later. And, like, he, he every day he tries to come by. But then, you know, there's also the more, and that's levity for more emotional moments, like, hey, like, my kids are on the other side of this this fence, I really need to get to them. Like, you could let people through if they don't, um, if they don't have a passport, it's totally up to you. Hmm. Um, but then, you know, the government gets on your ass. Yeah. Um, and, like, and what Westport, in the, Westport Independent does uh, is... Like, it tries to tell you the story of... It, like, really focuses on the four writers on your staff. Because, like, in between weeks, uh, it's really, like... Like, they'll they'll do, like, a little, like, coffee shop meetup. And you only see their silhouettes, and they're, like, smoking and eating and drinking coffee. And they talk a little bit about the government, about their family lives, and about, like, what it's like working at the paper. Uh, and, and that's pretty cool, too, but, like... I don't get, like, I didn't get a real feeling for these characters, like, not seeing their faces, not seeing them after. I don't know. I, I felt like this game was trying to do, it was really ambitious. It was really ambitious for a small iOS game. Uh, I, I wish it kind of scaled back a bit and, like, focused more on those characters or focused more on, like, like, like the mar- like the marketing aspect of the world or focused more on the uprising versus government story but instead it tries it like narratively tries to cram all these in together and like and like i said there's like 16 different endings uh and i'm never gonna see them all (laughs) because like i'm I'm quite frankly i know this game is not that good at like telling me like what's happening in this world and like giving me the feedback of how i'm affecting this world because really, like, it felt like a crapshoot. Like, I was trying to publish these stories and, like, didn't get the ending I was expecting at all. Uh, but who knows? Like, it, I, I do think it's stylish. I think it's worth playing once. And, worth playing once. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and if, if it's on sale on the iOS store, like, maybe... Yeah. Well, how much is it for an oh, man. base price? Uh, I think it was, like, three bucks. I'll have to look it up. Uh, so if it's down to two dollars, then it might be worth it. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's 99 cents, you, 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 you get, you get on it. You get on it. Okay. Uh, so probably not recommending the game if it's not worth three dollars. Uh, I would not recommend Reigns. That is three dollars as well. I think we can do better. And as far as other games go, uh, I also, I, I spent a little time playing Reigns. I actually uninstalled it like mid-trip, but I spent, yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on the plane going through Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward. Oh, I've heard about this. So this yeah. is part of a trilogy of games, yeah. 
that have come out. I, I in a couple of recent episodes, I talked about the first game in the series, Nine Nine Nine, mm-hmm, Nine mm-hmm. Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors. Did Did you play the DS or uh, iOS version of that? I played the iOS version. I played the DS okay. version for like an hour or so, a long time ago. But I just went through the iOS version because there is a lot of advantages to that. At the cost of you don't get the puzzles, but you can skip text and you can, you can speed up text. Yeah, I hear that's the way to go. Yeah. And for Virtue's Last Reward, they definitely have improved some of that. The text can move a lot faster, and they have a flowchart, which lets you... First off, you can just see how the whole game is unfolding as you go. Like, you can see how you're going through the different branches of the story. Yeah, it, it, and just to clarify, because I've never, I've never played these games, but this game's mainly about, like, the part where you're replaying it is integrated in that narrative, right? Right, yeah. And the first one, they did a really good job of putting that gameplay element into the actual narrative, talking about morphogenic fields and telepathy and explaining like how your characters can know things that they're not supposed to know. Mm. And I'm not sure if the same hook is present in this game or not. It's not. Maybe it is. Like, they haven't really talked about that yet. I'm still pretty early on. Mm-hmm. I Like, I went through one full branch as far as I could go. I didn't even get an ending yet. Basically, I got to a part where your character has to know something and they don't know it. So the game is like, <laughs> to be continued. And you're just supposed to go through other endings, I guess. And hey, go see. find out that thing. Yeah, pretty much. It, yeah, that reminds me almost a little bit of a... Shoot, what was that game? Life is Strange? Life is Strange? Yeah, well, like that, that aspect of like you knowing things that you're not supposed to know. Or even like Undertale. There's like that aspect of it where like certain characters will call you out like, hey, you you say you did a bad thing and then you reloaded a save, right? That's what you did. <laughs> yeah, that that does happen. Yeah, I remember that in Undertale with like Flowey, he would do that to you, he would taunt you. That, like, I know I knew you kill these dudes. That's how <laughs> Flowey talks in my brain. <laughs> well Flowey's pretty hardcore. I, I don't blame you for think voicing him like that. Uh, but with like Richie's last reward, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of endings. And the full idea is that you play through the game multiple times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you see different storyline each time. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the graphics are much better. They've added voice acting for this game, which so far has been pretty solid. All right. And the writing is better than the first game. It's a little snappier. Is this on 3ds? Is this this is on 3ds and Vita? Oh, cool. And they're uh, working on a Steam version, I understand too. I, I, I might play that. Um, yeah, and it's it's pretty good, and yeah, I'm going to keep going through it. Uh, the I do enjoy that the writing is... A little, in the first game, it seemed to dwell a little bit more on like the, the seriousness of the situation, how grim everything was. Mm-hmm. Here, the characters are a little uh, lighter and jokier, which may not fit the tone of the, the game, but I appreciate it more. And there's definitely another game to play, Zero Time Dilemma, which came out a few months ago now. Zero Time Dilemma. That's Is that part of the series? Yes. Yeah. So 999, Virtue's Last Reward, and Zero Time Dilemma are all three parts of one trilogy. And that they're all supposed to connect together somehow. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to keep playing Virtue's Last Reward. Probably just like on the bus to and from work and stuff. But yeah. Is, is, is this... Now, the series you're playing, are you playing it because the story, because the story is so fascinating? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was a little not into it the first half of 999, 
I mostly stayed with it because you can skip through a lot. All right. But at the back half and then continuing into this game, the story is catching me a bit more like the the philosophical ruminations on like telepathy and like what makes you an independent agent of free will and stuff like that. Okay, and, so light stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and, but the characters are, are, are funny too. They, they all have some pretty good lines. My only, my only objection is they spell Dono, D-O-N-N-O. Why would you do that? What? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that they're they spell that. Yeah, D O N N O, like D-O, Dono. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's my favorite Will Smith movie. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, because like my 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 closest experience with like games like these is like Phoenix Wright. I, and there's I, a and lot of that in Virtues Last War. I love the hell out of Phoenix Wright games, uh, and like I've I've been looking at the uh, the eShop and. Because I don't know, I, I also like getting games on the cheap, mm-hmm. uh, and that game is thirty bucks on that store, and you know it's either that or next I buy Overwatch, which is just ten dollars more. Well, I I play a lot of Overwatch, so I would welcome you into the the wonderful global organization known as o- Overwatch if you're willing. Yeah, I hear it's high noon. <laughs> it's always high noon. Yeah, we're all high noons now. I I I started reading into the lore of that game too, and it. it <laughs> There's some that 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 is a, a deeper fiction than I don't know if I, I should I care about it. Well, I mean, you know the backstory of of the game, right? That it's a failed yeah. MMO. So, like, they have all this oh. lore written already that oh. they're just probably dying oh, to use. That's right. That's the that's the Blizzard. MMO. I didn't connect those two dots until just now. Yeah, that's all that that's so that's all like the Blizzard MMO that what they were trying to do. Who really knows? I mean, I don't know what, yeah, like what Titan was going to look like. Yeah, just like, yeah, I think they... Titan, like, that's what it was called. Yeah. I think they saved, like, the character models and, like, some of the powers and stuff. Mm. And they came out with that game instead. Man, okay. That, that, that that's, that's interesting. I'll, uh, I'll look into that. If you are looking for the Phoenix Wright games, I have the original three for DS, if you want. I mean, I'm, I'm way ahead of you, bud. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm way, right. way ahead. I got... The original three and Apollo Justice. Well, you know nobody's perfect. <laughs> Nobody, and also it's it's just as new, the three DS ones. They're not doing they're not doing Western retail releases. They are. Well, I mean, you're right. The, the last one they didn't release here, but they are releasing the the newest one in like a week. But it's in stores on on digital. Digital. Okay. Yeah, I know. Man, I. I paid thirty bucks for that. I mean, I like Phoenix Wright a lot, a lot. That that game makes me feel smart in a way that I'm. I know I am not. <laughs> like when you, like well, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it when I get to play it. I suppose. Okay. Um, shall we talk about our last game? Yeah, Anyways. yeah. Monster Hunter. I hunt monsters now, Bill. Awesome. You got any monsters? Uh, no. I'm, that, too bad because I'm I'm on a real generational hunter mood right now. Okay, uh, I guess there's like monsters inside me emotionally. Do you hunt those? And I, I got a guy for that. Oh, good. Okay, I, I, but I, but not you. All right. Well, I don't. I can't hunt those. Monsters. You can you can refer me. Okay. Uh, hey, Monster Hunter Generations 3DS. Uh, have you ever played a Monster Hunter game before? Never, never played one. It's 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 a real deep uh, hole to fall into. <laughs> Uh, 
So uh, I, I won't. I get. I guess we are run, running a little long. I'll make it quick. Uh, if if any anybody listening has ever played Monster Hunter before, uh, this is the best version of all those games. Uh, it, it takes generations. Isn't technically a new game, rather an amalgamation of like all the previous like mobile releases. So like the play the like, the PSP versions and the 3DS versions. And and even like some stuff from the PlayStation Two era and like the Wii game, like it crams it all into this game, and also like it tones down some of the difficulty for monsters, uh, and also introduces like the style mode, style modes. So like Monster Hunter has like traditionally been like a kind of clunky, animation heavy game. Like if if you ever played Dark Souls, you know what I mean. You press a button to swing your sword, and like you're committing to that sword swing. Like no matter the cost, uh, and in this version they they've uh, introduced what are called styles, which is like different control methods or different ways of of attacking monsters. Like you know you have your traditional regular style they call it guild striker style, which like basically en- enables you to button mash a bit more. Like per- like it takes away some benefits, but like it ups your damage a bit, and you can like pull off super moves. Hmm. You have an aerial style, which let lets you leap off of monsters and attack them in the air. And you have a like an adept or bushido style, which is all about dodging monsters and doing like counter attacks. Uh I like this game a lot. I've played it way more than Westport Independent. It's a good game, guys. Now do you play solo or do you have people that you work together with? Because that's one of the things, right, with Monster Hunter. It's a big co op game. Yeah, it's it's super like I don't co-op as much as I should, uh, but it is, like, do, doing solo missions, I think, is fun because there's, there's a whole RPG aspect of, of, you know, getting monster parts and, like, turning that into better armor and weapons, and I think that's fun. That's a fun loop on its own. Uh, but when you introduce, like, multiplayer into it, uh, that's really where the game shines. Uh, I have a couple people I play with online uh, through, like, my gaming clan. And re- really, like, learning how to support each other, like, in a four-person team. And, like, to take down, like, huge monsters, like the, like, the, like the most dangerous monsters, is, like, a really rewarding part of that game. Because each weapon, though pretty good on its own, can be, like, can fulfill a different role, like... I don't like like uh, 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 here's an example, like I usually play with the long sword, which is like just a really long, sharp, like kind of katana style weapon. I got a friend that does the hunting horn, which is like a hammer style weapon that you can play for music, and that like that like affects status effects. So that's that guy's role because I have a long, sharp weapon. My job is to like cut off monster parts. Because if you cut off certain parts of the monster, everyone gets, like, items from that. Uh, and then I got a buddy who plays, like, um, Insect Glaive, which is like a pole vault almost. And uh, in doing that, you can, like, aerially attack a monster and knock it down. And in those moments, everyone can kind of just rush in and, like, you know, wail on it. Kind of like a bagoon, if you will. Yeah, a, a, a bagoon. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with it. Uh, but, well, like a dragoon, but not a dragoon. Instead of, of a dragon, a bug. So a bugoon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, and then also you got people that like uh, that that like that that can use items with their sword and shield weapon. So like they it's their job to like while we're all attacking the monster if it's weak enough to set down a trap and then like tranquilize the monster so then it's knocked out and we capture it instead of killing it. And out of that we get like tons more items. So again, like this this game it like like solo mode, like I I'd recommend it. And if you're think if you've ever thought about Monster Hunter, like this is the game to do it in because it's like it's a bit less impenetrable than the other ones. <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean it's back not... Back of the box. Back of the box yeah, with that. Yeah, a bit less impenetrable. Luis Badillo, 2016. So many bits. <laughs> uh, but, like, really? It's still a little impenetrable. Like, I I already played Monster Hunter before. Like, I played Monster Hunter for you. And it took me a while to get into that. So if you if you are looking to get into Monster Hunter... This is the one to get into. Don't, like, get a discounted version of the other ones because this is a bit better about there about that. And like I said, there's, like, the style system in this game. Like, just gives you, like, so many more ways to attack monsters. And also, like, if you're going to do it, I recommend, like, looking up some YouTube videos on, like, each weapon or, like, the systems or the styles in play. Uh, there's a channel called Gaijin Hunter. Uh, he's on the 8-4 Play podcast. So I really recommend yeah. it. His videos are actually like really well done. He like is really articulate in explaining like all the complicated systems in the game, uh, and it's like it's only improved my enjoyment of the game. Excellent. So yeah. this game is unlike the the newspaper game. Unlike Westport Independent. Unless, yeah. Unlike Westport Independent, with uh, this one, maybe a, a recommendation if you can maybe find someone to help onboard you is what. Yeah, because. Like it's it's so much more rewarding because like you you see the tangible effects of you figuring out a system, and that tangible effect is oh I get to fight these these monsters better, like I get to help out my teammates more. Like there's a real like if we're talking we talk a little bit like how Tinder like turns that like neural feedback loop loop of like input output into like a game mm-hmm. and rewards you for your input. A monster hunter does that really well when you figure it out. It's like, congratulations, here's a better set of armor. Here's like a new move like you can use to like fight monsters, or just internally like, oh, I I know how to like I, I know now not to use like an uh, uh, a dodging style with a monster like the Great Macau, who's like hopping all over the goddamn place. So even if you do dodge a move, like he's already halfway across the map. Because he's just hopping all over. It's better use of uh, an aerial style. Because once I get a couple hits, I knock him down. I wail on him. Uh, it's it's good at rewarding you like by letting you figure out these systems. All right, excellent. So yeah, yeah maybe check out that game. Maybe check out and uh, that's available for the 3DS Monster mm-hmm. Hunter uh, for generations. And then Virtue's Last Reward is available for 3DS Vita and maybe Steam eventually. Mm-hmm. And then that concludes uh, the games we've been playing lately. Now we're going to move on to Choose Your Fighter. Uh, for this section, Luis and I will square off with one article, news event, or uh, upcoming game that we've discovered until only one of us is left standing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I brought a baseball bat with nails in it. That's not a news article or an event. Or All right. I'll put that game. away. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my 
contribution is much less uh, visceral, I guess. Uh, oh boy, I better look for an article. Crap. <laughs> so I was in uh, Las Vegas last mm-hmm. weekend, and while I was there, you know, <laughs> there are a few things you got to check out when you're in Vegas. All right. Yeah, like the Pinball Hall of Fame. Uh, so that's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things. Okay. Well, uh, the I... Pinball F- Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Pinball Hall of Fame. It's off the strip. You need to basically take an Uber or a cab there. You can't really walk there. It's like two miles from the strip, I think. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, everything in Vegas, as far as I could tell, is much farther away from you than it looks because it was 105 degrees out during the day. Every day. Yeah, that's hot. That was super hot. It was uh, kind of uncomfortable, to be honest. And then when you went indoors... It was air conditioned, but you are permitted to smoke by when you're gambling. Mm-hmm. So then you had this cool air and a bunch of cigarette smoke, which was pretty gross. So you're kind of screwed either way. Uh, now, as I'm, I'm and I'm grunting because like I, I'm 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 viscerally imagining uh, the like just the heat and also off the strip. Like man, that's something you would want on the strip, right? I would like it on the strip. I'm not sure. Uh, how well it would do on there. Uh, and also, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Bill, didn't know the Pinball Hall of Fame was a thing. I don't really know if this technically... It, it's a thing where there's a bunch of pinball machines. Is it? Is it like a curated museum? Is that Yeah, that's probably on? more accurately what it is. A okay. curated museum of games you can play. And they have a very wide selection of games old enough that they don't have like electronics in them mm-hmm. to new enough games that they had like the Game of Thrones pinball machine there. It's actually a pretty decent machine. I it guess. was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of the of any of the Star Trek machines are usually pretty stellar. Oh my gosh, yeah. I loved the Star Trek Next Generation machine. I have that on Pinball Arcade and even though I should be there trying like new machines that you can't play elsewhere, mm-hmm. I took a few uh, games to play that. I'm just swiping through my uh, yeah, photo you, album here. You got, These you got are a couple pictures going on here, bud. Yeah, we got a Bride of Pinbot, uh, <laughs> some really old school bowling game where mm-hmm. the like the pins are suspended above the table, and then when you roll the ball across like a solenoid on the bottom of the table, mm-hmm. it flips the pin up. Uh, they have police it, trainer there because you any arcade you go into ever will have police, police trainer. trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, black hole is pretty cool. They that's uh you have the regular table and then if you hit a ramp, there's a table underneath. What? Yeah, it's underneath. Oh, that's and, nuts. And inverted, so you're playing up the board. Oh, that's kind of cool. It is. It is. Is this yeah. it? Is... This is black hole. Okay. I'm showing a picture. I uploaded these pictures to Twitter. Some of them. Mm-hmm. I'll, I mean to upload an album to Facebook. It just tedious because i want to upload it like during the day on a weekday when mm-hmm. people will actually see it and not on the weekend uh the royal the royal rumble machine actually rumbled when you played it which i appreciated did um is was the journey machine there no i did not see the journey machine like i i have a i have a soft spot for machines that like have their own music oh yeah like and the one that i think about the most often when I think about these, is uh, Black Knight 2000. They had Black Knight 2000. Oh, man. It was out of order. No! That's the best. That's the one you want. I know. Oh. I know, man. I mean, I'm just lucky that a lot of these tables are available on Pinball Arcade. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it would suck. Uh, the one, though, 
that you cannot play on Pinball Arcade is called Pinball Circus. Oh. And this is a machine, it's a fully finished, developed machine that Midway made back in the early 90s. And it's designed... If you've ever played Sonic Spinball, this will give you a frame of reference. Oh, yes. This my is first, my, That was my first Genesis game. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but this Me is, too. This is a vertical pinball machine where mm-hmm. you're playing on one table. I'm not sure these, video, these pictures can really do it justice, but... I'm, 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 it looks like a... It looks like a like a, a real arcade cabinet, like a stand up cabinet, it, and it really yeah resembles that distinctly. And when you play on one level, you're trying to hit it up to a ramp to another level, and then so on and so forth. I think there are like four levels total that you're trying to get to. There's a evil looking clown mm-hmm. you can see at the top of the machine here. There's no other kind. And you're trying to hit the ball into his mouth. And I didn't find out what happens once you hit it into his mouth. I could get it up to the last level, but I couldn't actually deliver once I got up there. Oh, man, that's a nasty-looking clown. And uh, Yeah. If, you, if you're looking for some podcast art, this is it. I will get that in oh, there. Oh, man. <laughs> so they made this machine, and their uh, you know distributors and stuff were like, well, this costs $1,000 more than a regular pinball machine, so we're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So there's just, like, two existing copies, and this is one of them. No. Oh. Well, that's... Well, man, is... I have a real... Like, a real penchant for just, like, how cool, like, people can innovate with, like, pinball machines or, like, pinball units. Uh, have you ever been to uh, Get Musee Mechanique in San Francisco? No, never been there. That's, uh, uh, if you have to make another uh, game-related trip, <laughs> uh, Fisherman's Wharf, uh, they they have, like, well, do, you, do you know what it is? You know? Is that the one from the Game Center CX special? That is the one from okay. the Game Center CX special. All right, special. I know that one, yeah. Okay, uh, where, uh, how does that come up every time we're... Because we have a connection we, there. Because we have a bond. We yeah. have a bond through Game Center CX. Uh <laughs> So uh, th- this place is 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 just a little bit like what you're talking about, though it, it's electronic games of you know of, of any age, and it, it's just all amusement machines, like from like ranging from like stuff from the nineteen like the early nineteen hundreds to like modern times. So you'll see like you know silent scope, but next to like a, a Nickelodeon like nudie machine where. where <laughs> Where, where like you it, and it's like three D stereoscopic, ah, stereoscopic. That's the word. Where like you look into like the little eye holes, and there's like there's a lady doing a little like risque dance, but like or if you want to see like the Great San Francisco Fire, like picture by picture in three D, like that's right next to that too. It's pretty grim, but okay. Yeah, like it's it, it's it's a it's a fun place. Uh, and they do have some neat pinball machines, all of which escape my memory right now. Mm. Um, I mean, Chicago's yeah. not too bad for this stuff. Yeah. I've been meaning to get out to the Galloping Ghost. That is a trip I want to make. Yeah, I used when I used to live out to the suburbs. That's a that's a thing that I like going to. I, I knew some people that went nearly every week. I don't think it's worth going that often to. It's a if you're if you're into if you're in the Chicagoland area, like I highly and if you have not been to. Galloping Ghost, I highly recommend it. It's just just like uh, we described the uh, the Pinball Hall of Fame as a museum. Galloping Ghost is a lot like a museum for arcade machines, and 
like it, and it's fun to like you pay a fifteen dollar flat fee, you get to come in and out for the day, uh, and really just explore some like really cool ass machines. And they'll make like custom like fighting game machines too. I'm pretty sure they got like Street Fighter Five up or something. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and also like the owner makes his own machines, like makes his own games. Really? Yeah, I think there's like a custom board there that's like not found anywhere else. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it again, like you should get out to Galvin Ghost, my man. Well, I, I want to. I, I almost want to make it like a. A field trip for like some of the hosts and I, if we can make that happen. You know what? If there was a, a so many bits field trip, we ran out of van, get over there, special episode, talk about our favorite arcade machines. Like my steam, my like my steam profile pic is a picture from there from about five years ago, <laughs> where I was holding like two like like the House of the Dead guns, and I was like, because it's free to play, so I just did both. <laughs> I was like John wooing it up on there, and that's like been my. That's what I want people to see when when they see me playing video games. Absolutely, who wouldn't? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Let's let's talk. Man, we have so many bits, so many bits for so many bits. Yes, we do. Uh, oh, wait, oh, I got to talk to you more about streaming for uh, for 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 potential plans in the future. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but for the moment, mm-hmm. uh, you have been. Relating to streaming, been working on researching new graphics cards. Yeah, that's part of so, not just graphics cards, but kind of like my next step into the gaming fold. As you know, Bill and some of the the viewers, listeners, there we go, uh, might know I'm like a huge PC gamer. So what I'm bringing into Choose Your Fighter this week is graphics cards. Bow, bow, bow. Don't, don't seem too excited. I'm. <laughs> I just don't know a lot about graphics cards, so I'm um, totally out of my depth here. Uh, and you know what? Like, I I know marginal amounts of information for graphics cards, so don't. Listeners, asterisk. Luis is an expert. Asterisk. <laughs> not really an expert. Uh, but this year is a real good year to buy a new graphics card. Why? Uh, because both NVIDIA and AMD have released what is, like, their next foray into the graphics card market. Uh, NVIDIA uh, has, like, produced, like, a set of cards, like, everyone talks about... Last year was a 970. Everyone thought the 970 was, like, like the entry level for, like, VR. And, like, you, you could still get a 970 for, like, $270, 300 bucks. Uh, however, for the same price now... They are selling their next generation cards, the ten, the ten seventies, and the ten seventy blows the nine seventy out of the water, and I think is it's it's the same price, but also if you want to spend a little bit more, they have a four hundred dollar ten eighty, which is like insanely good, and a budget ten sixty, which is the new what Nvidia's new entry level for VR, and that's you could get something that. Something like that for like two twenty five, two fifty, right. and that's two fifty for like a VR ready graphics card is crazy. Like, I like, and that's what I, I want. Hate. I want. I want to get a VR ready machine. Okay, I have trouble putting that in context. Uh, you know, like given that you could get like a PS four, if you're looking in the right places, you can get a PS four for like two fifty, two seventy. So like the fact that you're spending on, on the graphics card. 
it, it's a different level. It's a different commitment level. Yeah, and and so yeah, it's so these graphics cards actually like do they do blow the PS4 and Xbox One out of the water. I've been using that phrase a lot. It's a callback. It's a call. Yeah, it's a callback. Uh, it's not that I can't come up with your phrases. It, these these cards outperform uh, these both the co- both consoles, like on like on basic benchmarkings. Like it if you want like if you if you want your games to run like over 1080p, like like if you're running like 4 4K graphics because that's what the PCs are doing now uh, at like you know like suitable settings, your cards can like. Like the 1070, the 1080 can do that, uh, and also like VR. VR like is kind of like the big deal right now, or will be the big deal. I don't, I don't know if you've experimented with any of that, but like it seems like VR has kind of been like a. We thought it was going to be a big splash, but it was more of like a, a, a excitable kerplunk. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit, and I, I don't. It's not my intent to sound like curmudgeon-y. I just I don't get it yet. Like, I, I'm waiting for, like, the application to appear? Yeah, like, I feel like, the, like, there's a lot of companies that have already put a lot of money into it, and, the, like, the technology's real. Like, it's it's not like, you know, Dactyl Terror, which is, like, the... Look, look it up, guys. Okay, uh, I'll look that up. Uh, bad VR from the 90s is what that is. <laughs> um... But, like, you know, you're right. There's, like, no killer... There's not the killer app for it yet, right? But, you know, I, I still play, like, a little bit of Elite Dangerous. I'd like to do that in VR. And, you know, I hear... What I hear is, like, if the frame rate is crappy, like, you get motion sick. <laughs> that doesn't sound... Gross. Yeah, it sounds real gross and doesn't sound real fun. Uh, so this is why I'm making, like, this purchasing decision now. Also, I play Dark Souls 3 and my... Uh, graphics card didn't wasn't doing real good it chugged a lot a lot uh so oh and also you mentioned like you know a lot of a lot of like console gamers you know they have a ps4 and like that's 200 bucks like you could probably score like a, a xbox one for like what 200 250 if you're looking like for a fat xbox one not like the new model yeah you yeah. can probably do for that price so radeon uh, or AMD, they, they produce the Radeon cards, the competitor to NVIDIA's um, GeForce series. And right now they're they're right now they're marketing a card called uh, the 480. Uh, yeah, the Radeon 480. Uh, that's what I should have typed that. Uh, so the RX 480, I don't know if you can see the price right there. Asia? Ugh, don't get that. <laughs> Uh, but well, play is just kind of gross. But also, that's the only place I can buy Super Robot Wars. So well, okay. So the you can get the Radeon RX 480 here. It's on sale in a bunch of places for like two fifty, two seventy. So two fifty is kind of the 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 founder or the you you can either get like a, a card from directly from uh, AMD or directly produced by AMD, or you can like go through like some third party that will produce the specs. They, they have and if you're and each one like is always like a little different like overclock super overclock like double double overclock underclocked like no clocks at all forget the clocks 
uh, there's like a bajillion versions of this, and I think companies are real bad from that. So I, I would recommend getting it directly from either AMD or um, Nvidia. But the RX 480 is kind of the the card I'm looking at the most because it's it's Radi Radeon is sort of like challenging Nvidia and like hey you guys got high end cards but uh, this and this one is kind of. It, 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 it's sort of, people are comparing it to the lower end of the new NVIDIA cards, and it's it's skewed a bit cheaper, too. And it seems to perform mostly as well as that card. But if you do, like, adopt, like, let's say we're running a, a Crisis 3, which is, like, known to be, like, a big, like, a computer, like, it's still, like, a graphic powerhouse and will challenge most computers to run... If you check, if you put like those cards side by side, like Nvidia, the 1060 will outperform the 480. But like, if you if you start thinking like in terms of dollars per let's say frames per second, then the Radeon is like a way better deal. Uh, and I'm sure like this is fascinating for anyone that is way into graphics cards, but for you know for console people, it's like well whatever right this is. Like, I just pop in, like, a game in my console, and it works. But the point, you, I, what I hear is, though, there's a distinct difference in terms of the graphics quality, and then if you want to do VR, and if you want to do streaming, you need these powerhouse graphics cards. Yeah, that's that's the thing, too, because, like, I've brought up streaming a couple times on this podcast before, and, like, right now, machine, my machine is, like, I, I, I probably need to get a new uh, CPU for that, because there, I need... Because streaming and video production, like that, that that's you know computational power that need, that needs to get done, and I need more of it if I want to do it efficiently. Uh, so like offload, like, and also like if I'm gonna like do that amount of work, like I should have like also games that look nice. <laughs> like I can't have Dark Souls three looking like poo poo. Uh, but in either case, uh, I, as as far as someone who is like looking at these graphics cards, like the the cheaper Radeon versus the more higher end Nvidia's seems a lot more appealing right now. And in either case, like you're getting like a way better deal than you were getting a year ago for any of these cards. Uh, it's so again, if you're thinking about getting into PC gaming, now's the time. If you're thinking about getting into Monster Hunter, now's the time. Now's the time to strike, everyone. All right. Well, that yeah. that sounds like a great place to wrap up then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luis, uh, where can if you want to be found on social media or in the world, where do you want to be found? Uh, well, you can always follow me on Twitter. Uh, I I literally haven't tweeted since the last time we've talked. <laughs> Come on, uh, man. I need, to, I need to get better about that. But if you want to tweet at me, uh, I will be at agent underscore Eli. And also, uh, I I might be getting a new uh, writing job, so I might be forced to tweet a bit more if I do do that. Uh, also, uh, I will be my I will be performing. Uh, at the Conservatory Theater in Chicago uh, with the Improv Gladiators. Uh, five weeks of Rock'em Sock'em Improv action. hey And uh, that's going to be every Friday at 8 p.m. Yeah, 8 p.m. 
at the Corn Conservatory Theater. You, if you Google it, you'll find the address. Uh, my team this time around is the Yes Anderson Project. That's yeah. a great name. That's yeah, a really good That point. is the, a very, very, very good improv name. Yeah. Uh, so check me out at those places. All right. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on as always. And hey. as far as us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. All right. Like us on Facebook at so many bits. Also, as of when this goes out, we're I'm messing around a little bit with streaming, uh, basically streaming Overwatch through Facebook since you can stream Battle.net games through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see where that goes. I'll come back to you with more info as I have it. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts, support independent art, the spirit of Dell compels you. 